What's going on, Troop? It's Bobby here. I just want to say thank you to everybody who's been listening, following, and supporting us. Bringing to you this week a very special episode. This is actually a blend of episode zero. This is that episode, that Mountain Rushmore episode that... Some of you have been waiting to hear. Some of you didn't even realize this was an episode. And some of you listened to episode one completely confused, had no idea what we were talking about because this was the episode that's never been released before. So we, again, want to thank you for following us, supporting us. And we go with the Mount Rushmore episode. Enjoy. Now is the time to submit quietly. We control all you hear and feel. You are about to enter a great adventure and experience the awe and mystery from your ultimate fantasies to your deepest fears from which you may never return. Hey, hey, hey. Mikey C, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, we're currently recording here live. What? Here we go, episode zero, baby. The first ever, strutting from Gorilla. Hell yeah. Starring the immortal Mike Cassio. Holler back. The legendarily crazy Bobby Stone. In hi. Now, who's who's the leader? <laughs> It sounds like you are. You started talking first, which automatically makes you the ring general tonight. Okay. Hey, I'm going to do my best impersonation of Triple H putting himself over every WrestleMania in the history of WrestleMania. Boom! Roasted. Ooh. Sorry, Triple H. If I love you this, and your I big shots. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> we are the 100,000th ranked podcast on Spotify. And right. we are- that might be giving us too much credit, by the way. We currently have zero subscribers, but that can change when we subscribe to the podcast ourselves, so we'll have three. Absolutely. And even maybe we could get our fourth co-host to maybe even subscribe. That might be kind of difficult, though, however. We'll see. We'll see. Right now, he's been suspended indefinitely. Yeah. (laughs) We we might have to future endeavor him. So uh, coming to you tonight, we'd like to introduce ourselves, firstly, and then give a little background on why we're doing this podcast. This is a wrestling-related podcast. We're going to give you all the ins and outs of behind the scenes, in front of the scenes, under the scenes, anything you need to know about wrestling. Mostly our opinion can't be held against us. We're going to start with the immortal Mike Cassio. Give us a little introduction of yourself, Mike. Oh, thanks, thanks. I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, all right, so let me think about it. I've been watching wrestling probably since I was around eight or nine and I've just loved it my whole life. Always loved watching wrestling. Um, it's been a great, great outlet for me. And really, to be honest, I feel like the reason we even did this podcast is because the three of us, well, the four of us eventually, talk about wrestling, whether there's a microphone in front of us or not. So we figured we might as well do this and see if anybody enjoys it. Absolutely. Agreed with you, Mike. We're going to hop over to our other guy, Bobby Stone. Thank you, uh, Matt, and uh, thank you for taking me off the uh, legendary loser list. Um, appreciate that a whole bunch, um, only to be added back on sometime in the very near future, I'm sure. But um, I, like Mike, started watching wrestling probably somewhere in between seven, eight, could probably be my first uh, 
trip to the garden actually in Boston. And uh, that's where I got to see Doink the Clown throw a trash can at a midget um, who was then chasing some just scrap off the, uh, off the garbage heap around the wrestling ring. But I, I thoroughly enjoyed the laughter, the, the excitement, uh, just the crowd, the energy. Um, since then, I've watched a whole lot, but I'm probably stuck in the Attitude Era. Um, and maybe even a little before then, uh, Hulk Hogan's probably one of my favorites. And uh, we'll be talking about uh, uh, Mount Rushmore, I believe, a little bit later. So um, I think that's enough for me for now. And I'm hoping to stay behind the scenes a little more on the production sometime in the, the, the near future. You probably won't be hearing too much from me. No, it's all good, Bobby. Say whatever you got to say. When you got to say it, you chime in. You're like a Catholic, but you're lapsed. You know, you're a wrestling fan, but you're lapsed, just like everybody else. I was going to say, isn't that the majority of Catholic yes. as well? For different reasons, of course. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's not get too deep. This is our first uh, podcast ever. Okay, it might so, be our last. I, yeah, we're going to get the FCCs coming after us. No nudity. Okay. So, uh, everybody, I'm Mango. Uh, I'm leading the way tonight, but that's not by design. It's because our other guy, Vito Corleone, uh, couldn't make it tonight, but he'll be here next week to take the A chair, the asshole chair. So, uh, a little background about me and my wrestling, uh, not career, but my, uh, my fanhood. Like Mike, I have definitely used wrestling as a, an outlet throughout my life. You know, I first fell in love with wrestling when I was like five. I saw it on, I think it was like Saturday morning. Superstars was my favorite show back in the day. And uh, we'll get into it a little later. We're going to talk about the current state of wrestling. And I think that I'll kind of talk a little bit about superstars and stuff like that, that I think was really important at, to kids back in the day. So uh, I love wrestling. I love you guys. We're going we're gonna to hit it off. We're going to talk as much as we can about our love of wrestling or our hate of wrestling. So uh, we have a couple of things to talk about tonight. We're going to talk about uh, our thoughts on the current state of wrestling. And then we're going to get into the real fun stuff, the Mount Rushmore, our Mount Rushmores of the best superstars of all time, the worst superstars of all time, and last but not least, the best finishers of all time. Let's get serious. This is some fun shit stuff. Whatever. Can we swear? Yeah, we can swear. Okay. So let's hop right into it, huh? The state of wrestling today. Let's be honest with you. Just a little background about how the business is doing. Ratings are down despite COVID-19. This is some serious stuff. Nobody's watching wrestling. And even the people who are, all they seem to do is comment on internet sites. To the What's it called, Mike? The internet are you talking about the internet wrestling community, which is basically all of the wrestling community in 2020? Yeah, so they cater to the IWC, but the IWC hates everything that they see. So it makes it, you know, I'm part of the IWC. I love going through the comments. You can definitely see the IQ of the, I'm going to be a little bit of heelish right here. The IQ of the, of the fan of wrestling isn't that high <laughs> based upon their spelling. And overall sense of direction when they're writing a sentence um but or structure of a sentence so the state of wrestling mike what do you think do you think it's uh in a good place you think it's in a bad place you think uh you think it's just uh skating right now what do you think it's 
I think its best days have been behind them for a long time. And there's been this constant nostalgia push to try to like reinvigorate all of us. Like our demographic are the guys like Bobby said before, people that love the attitude, the attitude era and what it stood for and all the ratings and the Monday night wars and all of that stuff. So they're trying to reinject that even on Wednesday nights. Right. So you have dynamite running against NXT and they're trying to initiate this whole, you know, narrative that it's like the Wednesday night wars and they're back when you can't even get the wrestlers on board to even believe that. If you look at any of the Twitters of, of the various AEW and NXT superstars, they're both saying it doesn't really work like that anymore. Right. We're both doing well. It's a good thing for wrestling that they're both doing well. So it shouldn't be this us versus them type of deal where you can only like AEW or only like WWE because one, it's it's not 1995 anymore. That's There's more than one place to work. It's good for wrestling. Um, I mean, with that said, I still think that it has a long way to go. I think in general, WWE is always going to be the biggest game in town and yet they continue to be one of the more out of touch uh, companies that ha- that's that's around right now and and unfortunately the ripple effect of that is that these other companies although they say yeah we want to be something different we want to present a different uh, flavor of wrestling they all tend to still kind of be wwe light yeah because that's still a tried and true method of presenting wrestling so or sports entertainment um but with few exceptions i, th- I think in general it's been its best days, but there are some highlights. I, I think Dynamite has been very good. And I think NXT has taken a couple steps back. Uh, New Japan is starting to run shows again. That's pretty cool. Uh, and and I haven't been able to check them out just yet in terms of these new shows that are on. But I do think that there there can be some improvement here as long as people are willing to be open and and actually experiment. Truly yeah. experiment. Yeah, that, Mike, that's interesting. Let me ask you a question. Would you agree that NXT is uh, – the, the fans of NXT, the fans of Dynamite, they're the most enthusiastic fans, would you, would you agree? The most bought in? When it comes to that, to, in, in terms of the mainstream WWE, yeah, I would say that. So More so than Raw. I don't see a lot of avid fans of Raw. They're, they're, there's not a lot of us left. Yeah, when it comes well, to that. My question probably is this, right? The current state of wrestling. NXT was uh, just this really, it was like a bright light in the wrestling landscape. It was, it, it came out of, you know, it didn't come out of nowhere, but it was Triple H's brainchild. It was his way to develop guys and, and all that sort of thing. And yes, we are getting very polished. By the time people reach WWE, if they go through developmental, they're very polished. They know where to stand. They know where to wave their hands. They know how to do all that stuff. Why, why do you think NXT guys who come to the main roster, why, what's, what's the disconnect there? Why are they not succeeding? Is, well, is there a reason? Two words. are they exceeding? Two speak? words. One strut. Vince McMahon. Okay. Yes. So we're strutting from Gorilla here tonight. And we – we, we called it that because uh, underlying this, I didn't tell you guys this, but I believe that the wrestling world over the past 30 years has been very successful, right? Up until recently, probably past, I don't know. I can't really say, but 
I think the wrestling world has blossomed in spite of that man, in spite of the strutter. And what's happening, in, in my opinion, you, you mentioned it and you, you, you say an NXT guy comes, he goes to WWE and he's in the hands of Triple H. And then he goes to WWE, he's in the hands of, of the strutter mm-hmm. and he fails. Or she feels he or or maybe the it, it happens you know, with, with maybe the exception of Oscar, but really even Oscar ha, has had her struggles because so of the way now, they book her. They're not we're not even successful in spite of Vince McMahon. It's crazy because nothing can get past him anymore. Everything's scripted. Nobody can go off. Nobody can come up with their own stuff. It, I I'm sure it was like that back in the day, right? But like Vince like directed everybody. Sure. But they had their own personalities. They had their own. I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. This is some serious shit. Let's go. It's episode zero. We're letting it all hang out. Yeah. So, so gentlemen, uh, I know what we were talking about um, was a little bit of the the 30 year gorilla, uh, Mr. Vince McMahon, and uh, and I think one of the the biggest differentials between your standard. Uh, you know, Ted Turner production or an AEW production or the differentiator in the world wrestling entertainment atmosphere is that they're publicly traded. Yeah. So um, I'm actually looking right now. And when it first opened up on October 22nd, 1999, one share was $24 at its peak. We're looking at $96 and 71 cents. Get this gentlemen, April 18th, 2019. Ooh. Which WrestleMania was that? I don't know. Thirty. Mm, Roman Reigns 30, is involved. I know that. Thirty-five, right? 35. I want to say it was thirty-five. I'm, I'm, yeah. like I said, I'm literally looking at it as we speak right now. Um, so Vince is beholden so, to his shareholders and not the not the wrestling fan. Yeah. So, but that's not news, right? Since when no. has he ever done that? But, but I think it just gives you. Um, gives you a little bit of insight as to the dollars and the numbers that are, that are behind it. And uh, kind of one of the reasons why the production is where it's at right now. Uh, as we speak, it's $46. Uh, it's been uh, on a recent climb as of just a couple of weeks. COVID brought it all the way down to about $37 uh, right before uh, WrestleMania was whatever the hell you want to call it this year. Um, I think it was yeah. just just something else to look at, um, and and why why we're seeing wrestling at what used to be the Attitude Era and what we loved uh, into where we're at now. Uh, professionalism, the the product itself has gotten nothing but better. Uh, but there was one guy who was sitting in the middle of a um, middle of a ring with his little pipe bomb who said it best when all he wanted was his goddamn ice cream sandwich. That's all he wanted was his WWF ice cream sandwich. Uh, and that's, that I think speaks volumes as to what crowds wanted, what, um, what the universe still desires, but what is it necessarily as beneficial to the stockholders? Yeah. A little something. That's really interesting, Bobby. Thanks for bringing that up. Be stone. Uh, do you have any other thoughts about the uh, current state of wrestling? I know we could talk for hours about this. Um, uh, well, I fell asleep at the last live production, so um, okay. you, and I, I, I don't. 
I, I don't really know what else to say about that. Um, you know, I got to see one of the wrestlers that I've never been able to see before. I will always happily pay to go see a live, uh, live production because I always think it's going to be, you know, whether it's going back to that energy, that atmosphere, um, it's a lot of fun. But, um, you know, that to me was it in a nutshell. It was right before COVID, actually, back in February. Uh, so if it was a snooze fest then uh, and nobody's in the stands and they're still wrestling and actually putting their bodies at risk and their health at risk, I personally have a problem with them actually putting them to work right now. Uh, don't think it's uh, in anybody's best interest. Uh, so I'm not too too thrilled with the uh, with the state we're currently in. But that doesn't mean that I don't love the uh, love what got us to its current state. Uh, I can attest to Bobby Stone falling asleep. Yes, we can. Yeah, I think I, I think it was your shoulder. TD, yeah. <laughs> you were encroaching on my personal space even more than normal. I'm like, what the hell's going on? And you were sleeping. <laughs> you were snoring. Out, out like a light. <laughs> yeah, you saw that. Beautiful. Beautiful. Oh, Mike 18, was there on the other 18, people. <laughs> and he's the only one asleep. A man among men. Yeah. Well, I think that uh, we can definitely start off probably every podcast with uh, a few minutes each about, you know, our feelings about the product and that sort of thing, you know. I, I don't obviously I think as fans we don't want to want this to turn into like a bitch fest. So no, which no, of course not. It could easily become. So what I would say is maybe we can turn into something kind of fun, like our Mount Rushmore. And let me just say, <laughs> preface this by saying some people might not know this. Only four people are on Mount Rushmore. Four presidents. <laughs> only four. One, two, three, four. Okay. Right. So uh, I think we can go around, you know. So, okay, the first question is, are Mount Rushmore of the greatest, would you say, just the greatest all around, the, including draw? Everything. Ability, everything. Yep. Not just our favorite. Impact on the business. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Why don't you lead us off, Mikey? Uh, sure. So before I do that, I do want to just add on to what you just said about yeah. us, this podcast turning into something where we just end up shitting on wrestling. Uh, when you love something, it, that's why you critique it, because you want to see it get better. And we've seen it better. And that's why we're saying the things that we're saying. So this isn't just three jamokes coming out here just to shit on Vince McMahon and to be an armchair booker, per se. However, what we want is we want to see it continue to grow, continue to evolve, continue to take chances, even if it doesn't work, to at least give yourself the opportunity to try something different. Yeah. So... I'll end my diatribe there and get to the, the Mount Rushmore. So, so in terms of my Mount Rushmore, uh, I have four names on the list. And when I was doing this list, I had to be very careful not to be biased because there are certain people in wrestling that I absolutely love. And if I could, I'd put them on here four times. However, I realized that objectively speaking, taking a step back and looking at all of the factors we were talking about, draw, impact on the business, technical skill, ability to have consistent match performances. Maybe this person won't fall into that category, right? Mm -hmm. But he's on my personal Mount Rushmore, which we may get to later on, maybe episode 94. But for this, my Mount Rushmore is Stone Cold Steve Austin, Hulk Hogan, John Cena, and Andre the Giant. Oh. Right. 
Okay. I know I know you're both very surprised that there is one glaring omission. I'm actually really trying to figure out how he didn't make said Rushmore. Um, so th- just hear me out because I here's my reasoning. Okay, I actually I wrote down a couple of things. All right. <laughs> now, when it comes to Austin, I don't I don't think there needs to be much to validate why he's up there. Uh, really, with all these guys, there doesn't need to be much validation for why. When I think of Stone Cold, I think of a guy who had a who had a shorter run compared to the other three on the list, but it was arguably hotter than all three of them. When we, you, Bobby, you just mentioned it, the Attitude Era. It's something we're all clamoring for. It's the nostalgia, right? The, the guy comes out in Brooklyn and everyone goes apeshit. It doesn't matter. He was all, he was just fantastic. He was something we all wanted to be. He changed how we see baby faces. We really have to look at it that way. Yeah, the anti. He was that middle guy, that mm-hmm. anti-hero guy. It was beautiful. The work he did with Brett when that that character was starting to develop, but was transformative, I think. And if you watch Raw now, if you watch Dynamite now, if you watch NXT, if you watch anything now, where there's that in betweener, they're influenced by Stone Cold Steve Austin, Absolutely. and that's impact on the business. So okay. that's why he's my my first person on there, Hogan. It's Hogan. The guy had a fantastic run. He main evented nine WrestleManias. Uh, come on. Right? Come on. That's it? <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> uh, Cena, the dude had an over 15-year run in this business at a time when it was coming off the heels of the Attitude Era, when they needed somebody. This guy was rock solid. People showed up because they either wanted to see him get his ass kicked or the kids wanted to see him win. Yeah. And that kind of polarization, that's reaction you can't buy. That's, that was real. And we see a little bit of that with Roman Reigns now, but not nearly to the level you had it with John Cena for such a consistent amount of time. And his ability to work that crowd, holy smokes. The, the, the guy could end up getting you cheering for him at the end of it because he was so smart in yeah. his promos. It was beautiful. And lastly, I get to Andre. Andre, I think, doesn't get a lot of love because a lot of us were not alive during his best years. And we were really young towards the end of his career. I've had the opportunity to start looking back into the vaults of the network and just watching some of his older matches. Obviously, his WrestleMania three match with Hogan is historical and everybody loves it and they blow it up. However, for me, I I like some of his matches with Hogan that took place at MSG in 1980. His match with him at Chase Stadium, you saw an Andre that was way more agile. He didn't have the medical problems uh, affecting him as much as he did at WrestleMania three, And you could see it. His, his ability to employ ring psychology, he was surprisingly agile for a guy that big. And this is pre-Big Show days, right? Uh, and he lived up to the big man wrestler. He moved methodically. Uh, everything he did had purpose. All his energy was used in, in a focused manner. And you could see that how he can, he can sell too. The guy, so he sold on the run, but he could sell and it was beautiful. So that, for that reason, that's why I put those four guys on the list. And yes, we know it's missing the rock. And if I could, I put him on there four times. <laughs> I needed to, needed to show some objectivity here. Uh, I'm still absolutely, uh, astonished that that man was not on there um if not on mine either actually um so i'm just gonna steal the ball on i'm 
right away from you, Matt, if it was going to you anyway. Uh, and one of the reasons why I didn't have him on there, um, I did cheat a little bit. <laughs> I I gave you guys a uh, a group called Degeneration X. That is the beginning of my Mount Rushmore. That Mount Rushmore has two of my favorite wrestlers um, who, if I were to put them on separately, um, I don't know if they actually would have got on there as a collective with the rest of the heels of, uh, of Degeneration X. I think as a collective, what they did in just really spicing up everything that was uh, that that era of uh, of wrestling was just a lot of fun to watch, a lot of fun to listen to. Um, damn, did it bring me back to 9 p.m. every Monday night. And I think, uh, you know, we can divulge a little bit later as to why, um, you know, Raw's collective, once it got to three hours, just started to become too much. One of the, you know, if we can start talking about pay-per-views, those were exciting. And now there's one every month. Um, you know, I, I think there's special qualities that we're missing the mark now, uh, because they're no longer big buildups. It's small, continuous side stories and buildups and, uh, Degeneration X, man, they gave their own stories and they raised hell to everybody, um, except one man who wasn't there, uh, Hogan, who just... I mean, whether it was the Hulkster or your Hollywood Hogan, he was still two polarizing, fantastic characters. Uh, and he drew me over right over to Nitro um, until Shane took it over. And uh, and I love watching everything from the leg drop to the beginnings of the WrestleManias. Uh, up until WrestleMania 9 and even into the first uh, King of the Ring. Um, I think those were just some glorious times uh, in wrestling that really, uh, you know, that was my, that was my favorite time. Uh, but one of the reasons why that happened was because of Vince McMahon, who was the third person on my Mount Rushmore. Without this, without this man uh, and, his, uh, and his vision, uh, to actually take the company to where it was, to where it is. Um, you wouldn't be able to even have this conversation. Um, and I, I, I think to that point, without him, um, you really shouldn't have a Rushmore. Because um, the business wouldn't be the same. So uh, so I'm going to give you one last uh, dead man's bell, which is The Undertaker. Um, I was starting off this five series, even to, uh, I don't know how he's still... That man's just going to keep going. As long as he's dead, he's going to keep going because they're going to keep bringing him back from the dead. Um, I, I, I would like to actually see him officially retire and do it properly because um, he shouldn't come back anymore. Uh, I don't care how much money they're paying him. It's now past his time. Um, one of my favorite matches actually was the second one with Triple H at, at the WrestleMania. Um, last one with Lesnar. To kill the streak, I understand why it needs to be done. Um, and if you're gonna give anybody the uh, the anvil to swing at, or the uh, or or one way to kill him, it, it'd be Lesnar, because nobody else is. Everybody else would have just laid on the mat, let them take the uh, take the next win. 
Lesnar's just, just an asshole. So uh, he'd kill me. I recognize that. Uh, and I pray to God I never see the man. So, um, so yeah, I, I think Taker, as, as a full legacy, uh, you will never beat the darkness. You will never beat the being raised in the rafters in Providence at Royal Rumble. You'll never beat the casket matches. You'll never beat the buried alive matches. You'll uh, just... You can't beat Taker. He's and the, that is my four. Nice. Thanks, Bobby. It, it, so, you know, it's really hard to disagree with anything that you guys have said, other than the Vince McMahon thing. <laughs> just <kidding. laughs> I, You know, when you say, when you mention Vince McMahon and you say, you know, his vision and everything, then I'm like, oh, okay, you know, maybe I'm being a little hard on him, you know, in terms of like, uh, you know, who else comes up with it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> who else could have came up with this shit that he came up with the, the like you mentioned undertaker being raised to the rafters he's he had like a messed up shoulder so instead of them being like oh undertaker has a messed up shoulder he's gonna take some time off they're like no he's dead he's been raised to the rafters because the yokozuna gave him the bonsai drop too many times <laughs> like <laughs> oh and for some reason okay I, I, I we're referencing things but it's interesting that particular Royal Rumble. Uh, it's like back in the day when all the heels would be friends with each other and all the faces were friends with each other. So Yokozuna yeah. was beating Undertaker. So all the heels had to come out and beat up Undertaker for no reason whatsoever. There was no explanation. It's just like, oh, you know, Crush is a bad guy and he's going to come out and do his finishing maneuver. And then they're going to raise him to the rafters. I was really scared. I'm like, is he really dead? Uh, well, you know, I was only like 25 at the time. Was the dead guy really dead? <laughs> the guy they told me was dead every time he comes out. Is he really dead dead? So, uh, you know, moving along. So just an FYI, we only have a few minutes left on the Zoom. But I think uh, maybe we can do another one and then put them all together. You think? We, we could slice them both for sure. Yeah, and then we can then we can edit this part out. Slice and dice. So uh, I've been really excited to hear what you guys have said about your favorite. You know, uh, obviously, when you talk about your Mount Rushmore, you're also talking about what you love about wrestling. And my Mount Rushmore has to start out with a guy that you didn't mention, but I believe is the cream of the crop. His name is Brett the Hitman Hart. I took him off there. I actually took him off and put on Taker. You did? It was a a very difficult uh, difficult. I'm sorry, keep going. Well, you you know, could have taken right. Vince off and screwed Vince, okay? <laughs> Vince screwed Vince. <laughs> you know, Are we going to talk about the Montreal drop in, in this take right now? Later, later. <laughs> well, that is part of my – that's part of the reason why I put him on there. He's been involved in some of the, like, best segments in the history of professional wrestling. The double turn at WrestleMania 13, Austin in Hart. He sent Stone Cold to the stratosphere. And, you know, part of being a great wrestler is being able to put other guys over and make them as well. So there isn't a superstar who wasn't made by another superstar, obviously, right? So uh, Bret Hart was made by just many guys over the years. There was Mr. Perfect. There was um, Roddy Piper at WrestleMania 8. There was, uh, unfortunately, Hogan never put over Bret Hart because I don't think Hogan really ever made anybody. But we can and talk. Bret Hart told uh, Hulk Hogan to go fuck himself at the end of it. So he did, and then he took his, you know, took his ball and went home. 
So Bret Hart uh, <laughs> is is on there for okay. One, I'm going to try to say this as quick as, as quick as I can. Uh, I was listening to a an interview with Bret Hart, and he said what made a superstar a superstar in his eyes. There were three things: there was on the mic, there was in ring work, and then I think it was the look. And so uh, he gave himself a low mark on uh, on the mic because he he. Kind of, he kind of sucked on the mic. Let's be honest. He like spit into the mic, and it was all kind of weird when he was talking. Um, so, in spite of that, I would put him on there. But I think that going forward, that's a good way to gauge like what makes a guy a guy, you know, uh, or a superstar. Sorry. So my the rest of my Mount Rushmore are pretty standard. Obviously, Stone Cold, my guy. You can't argue with that. Like Mike said, he's on there. He's on there. You know, but that is really interesting that he was made by Bret Hart, and then he helped make the rock and then all these things. And he just crushed the business. Um, so my third guy, oh, Hogan, you know, Hogan, but I want to mention something that hasn't been mentioned before is his heel turn uh, in obviously becoming an NWO member uh, for him to pull that off. Thinking about this, like, like think about like how we always wanted Cena to turn heel. Okay. And what would that look like? So Cena turns heel, right. And then is he corny still? Is he like, do we hate him even more just because he's corny? Or do we hate him because he's a good heel? Hogan was a legitimate good heel. My God, coming out with his with the belt, spray painted, NWO, playing the guitar on it. Like as he came down the ramp, I was just like, it was, I've been looking at YouTube videos just to like uh, jog my mind about things. And, and that's one of the things that stood out. Was like He was like legitimately cool. He wasn't corny. Like it was the one time wrestling wasn't corny was when NWO was on, you know, at the beginning of NWO. Um, and my fourth guy was at three. Uh, my fourth guy, I, I got to go with the dead man. The dead man spans so many generations of wrestling. And when you say, uh, and actually when you look into his career, right, the beginning of his career, he had the run when he beat, uh, he beat Hogan for the belt. And he had this big push at the beginning. Nobody could even keep him down. He always just sat up every time you hit him. And then he had the middle of his career where he was getting taken to the rafters. And it was kind of corny. He had like really bad. Uh, he had really bad opponents at WrestleMania. He had the Giant Gonzalez. He had all these other guys. But they what a suit Giant Gonzalez had too. What a suit. What a match. Undertaker versus the Giant Gonzalez. Oh my God. What technical talk about technical. Okay. Uh, that's like Bret Hart versus uh, Dean Malenko. Uh, not really, obviously, but um, thinking about Undertaker, the reason why I put him on there is he, he all, through all that, his best matches were in like the middle of the WrestleMania twenties. So 24, 25, 26 edge, Shawn Michaels, triple H. Oh my God. Like just the way he, he, he somehow rode the wave. He led the locker room for many years. Obviously, as everybody knows, he was the he was the backstage guy. He was the wrestler's wrestler, and uh, that's why I put him on there. Um, moving forward a little, we, we do you guys want to talk about our four least favorite wrestlers or our four worst wrestlers of all time? So, so are we going to run a, a a quick recap real quick? Uh, so, Mike. Uh, Blazing right out of the gate with uh, Stone Cold, Hogan, Cena, 
Andre the Giant. Big, big surprise here. The Rock is missing. Uh, so it, it actually it was, it was quite impressive that The Rock didn't make any of our lists because um, the band was damn good. Um, Bobby had Degeneration X, Hogan, Vince, Taker. Uh, um, I have no commentary for myself. Feel free to chime in here. Um, <laughs> Mangs had uh, Bret Hart. I actually missed your second one somehow. I quickly said Stone Cold. Stone Cold, okay. And I was talking yes. about how he made the rock and all that other stuff. That's that's what I thought. Um, and I thought I picked that up. I wanted to confirm. So what we did have was uh, Stone Cold on there twice. Hogan amongst all three. He actually takes the uh, he takes the crown and uh, and and take her take her also on two. So if we were to do a collective, uh, it would be um, there's one spot left, and I think uh, our Anthony Vito could help us solve that riddle as to who our fourth guy is going to be on on our uh, collective Mount Rushmore. So that's a that's a stat I want to want to look to see sometime in the near future. Uh, so yeah, that was an interesting Mount Rushmore, and there's a lot we could dive into and talk for obviously hours about it, and we will. Hey, those are those are great names to me. I mean, listen, mine are a little bit different. Mike, I liked yours. Yours were great. I understood the reasons you did them too. Um, so mine are Austin, and this is in no particular order. I don't know if one head's bigger than the other or not, no particular order, but we got Austin, Undertaker, HBK, and Bret Hart. And here's why, real quick, Ooh. I'll give you the reason. Austin's the biggest draw you got going, right? I was at WrestleMania 14. I got to see Austin versus HBK phenomenal stuff and the hbk didn't even want to be there and it was still phenomenal stuff so i, I think austin's got to be up there with the, the drawing power uh, hbk to me i think he's the best wrestler that i've witnessed since i've been watching watching he just puts on such a good show right i mean he sells moves really well he's fantastic um there isn't a bad match that i've seen with him and he's wrestled some shitty people do you remember when he faced sid vicious he faced he faced, uh, uh, what's his name, Vader? I mean, come on. Vader's got to be one of the worst guys in a main event that he could possibly face. And he faced him. And the match was great. And it, it was all because of HBK. So HBK, Undertaker, I think just because of his longevity, he was able to kind of transform his character. And it's probably the best character that has been in existence, in my opinion. Um, I think he's a great wrestler. He's better when he wrestles smaller guys than he is when he wrestles big guys, in my opinion. I don't know why, but I mean, you think about the matches with um, he with Mankind and the Hell in the Cell, and he just, he had so many great moments. I think he's up there. And my last one, and, and then I'll shut up, is, um, is Bret Hart. Uh, I think Bret Hart made other wrestlers look really good. Uh, you talk about technician in the ring. I mean, the guy was unbelievable. He just, he put on great matches. I mean, he really, he kind of helped propel Austin to who he was. He kind of helped propel HBK to who he was. Absolutely. Um, I know you will notice there is one glaring uh, person I left out, and that is Mr. Hulk Hogan himself. He's probably one of my favorite wrestlers. However, I left him out because I think he is a horrible wrestler. I think he is <laughs> the kind of... He, <laughs> Just put the verbal leg drop on him, huh? 
No, he's the epitome of what WWE is, right? You create this persona and you just, the fans like it or they don't, and they took off with him and they pushed him like crazy. And then he turned into this egomaniac. And basically, if you really understand the story of WCW, he ruined WCW. He wouldn't put people over. His finisher was a leg drop. Shit, I could have a better finisher than that. Okay, it's just, it, it was terrible. So love him. If you haven't, by the way, this is a tidbit for everyone out there who's listening. I know there's lots of people. The <laughs> best movie, okay, and it's escaping me right now, the name of it, but it's with him and um, Christopher Lloyd. Suburban uh, Commando. Suburban Commando. <laughs> if you want a good laugh, that's the movie to watch. Fantastic. Fantastic. Better when you were like a 10 or 11-year-old kid, but still fantastic to watch now. So my Mount Rushmore. Austin, HBK, Taker, Hart. Um, That's solid. That's really solid. Yeah. I understand yeah. why you left him off. I think for us, we, it, the, at least for me, when I was looking at Mount Rushmore, I was not looking about just their skill in wrestling, but sort of what they did for wrestling. So that's yeah. why I had. That's why I put Hogan on there. It's because of it's. Un, you can't doubt. Uh, you can't dispute his his impact on the business. Yeah, no, we know. Go on Hogan and how much oh, God, I yeah. like or dislike him too. Sorry, go ahead, Mango. Oh no, I was just gonna say that one of the things uh, it, you you honed in on like probably the skill of wrestling for your top four and mm-hmm. draw and stuff like that. And what I mentioned last week was Bret Hart himself, like has his own criteria for like who's right. like a, who's the guy, and it was like look wrestling skill and on the mic. And Hogan was like a zero as a wrestler. Obviously. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Like his was. look was a 10 on the mic. He, I mean, he was kind of corny, but he, he yeah. was pretty awesome on the mic. Yeah. He um, took the time. But like Bret Hart and, and, and Shawn Michaels, they were more uh, consistent across the board in, in mm-hmm. all three categories. So You're right. it's really interesting. Should we do a, no, really. a, a, an, an episode once of our Mount Rushmore according to Bret Hart's criteria? We should. I think we should. that seems I think we like a pretty obvious future episode. Yeah, I feel like that's a, that's a pretty good category. Um, and speaking of Bret Hart, uh, with that nod on Mount Rushmore, um, he actually takes the fourth head. So Vito, thank you for putting him on there. He didn't hit my uh, my Mount Rushmore because of, uh, of because of Vince. Um, so very easily I could. Uh, so you screwed I, Brett. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Then yeah. I, I did. I did screw Brett, and it was, yep. it was appropriate. But uh, I think this time around, uh, Brett got the got final say, and I'm Mount Rushmore. So I thank you on that. Because uh, fucking, uh, I think that's what the ultimate uh, saying was uh, between then and now and forever. So. That sounds good, man. No, I get it. I, I think those were really good. We right? now return yeah, so your perception we'll of reality that, to you. Um, thanks, everyone. Until next time. Strutting from Gorilla with Mikey Cash, the leader of men, Bobby Stone, Big Mango, and Big Vito. Thanks for listening. We'll talk with you later.